Now we turn the page to the best segment in the Six Rings podcast timeline, and that is Pat's Pori, where we Pat's try to Pori. bounce around to as many topics as we can in about 10, 15, 20 minutes and try to hit on all these topics this week. The two and three Patriots are feeling good, but we all know that only lasts as long as your latest victory. And there are some uh, lightning rod issues, I would say, out there. And I'm going to start with a big name. Let's hear it. So the report today was don't rule the Patriots out, basically, for Odell Beckham Jr. As he returns from a torn ACL, returns to health. We know there have been flirtations between the Patriots and OBJ every year, it seems like, for like the last five years. Some of that was Brady. Some of it was post-Brady whatever. Uh, so ESPN is, I personally think is just like trying to chum the waters, get clicks, get attention, yeah. but OBJ to the Patriots. Does it make any sense for the Patriots or OBJ? I mean, it would make sense for the Patriots. They need elite receivers. Like they, well, they need already talented have six. Guys. Like they're already stuck with yeah, some, but of none the of them are elite. Have. It's like Jacoby Myers is and then a elite? bunch of, nah. Is he elite after his second ACL coming off? The, he might just use You're you right. for a couple he, months. He might not be, but if he's going to use a team, he's not going to use the New England Patriots. He's going to no use a team that's going to make a playoff run. And yep. like, or like he'd go back to LA because it's, you know, LA. Easy. Right. Exactly. He knows it is easy. It's like, hell, how, he, didn't he carry their freaking Super Bowl trophy out on their little presentation or whatever? Yeah. Like, how has nobody put two and two together? He's going to sign with the Kansas City Chiefs. That, that like would make all top the sense in the would world. Be LA and KC. Those would be the two like most likely. Like right now, outside of Travis Kelsey, Mahomes doesn't have a favorite receiver. Miko Hardman limped off the field last night, so who knows how healthy he is? And then you're telling me it's Juju Smith Schuster who's been fine, and MVS who again has been what MVS is. So like, why wouldn't Odell go play with Patrick Effing Mahomes over coming to New England? I, I mean, that, that makes way more sense to me. I think you could probably list, I haven't like done the actual list, 10 teams at least that make more sense than the Patriots. Uh, I Yeah, I, I mean, I, I you absolutely could make that list. I, I'm not going to do it right now because it would take too long, but you could absolutely make a list of teams that make way more sense than the okay. Patriots. So we both think of yes. that the same way. Okay, yep. speaking of the Monday night football game this week and Patrick Mahomes and his four touchdowns to Travis Kelsey, who I think only accumulated what forty six yards on those four touchdowns? It was a very interesting no, twenty five. Oh, he had seven was... catches for twenty five yards, I believe. That's amazing. It's amazing that performance. But um, they got the dub, and you could argue that the most disappointing team to open the season are the Las Vegas Raiders with Josh McDaniels, and there's already talk that they want to get rid of him. The fan base has turned on him. Um, what do you make of Josh McDaniels' first month plus in Vegas? Yeah, people in New England are all like, "Yeah, see, we told you, McDaniels sucks." Like, I don't, I don't think this is all on McDaniels. They've lost their four games by a combined total of fourteen points. Okay, I, I agree. I agree, but I, I would just, also ask the question. Yep, isn't it a bad look when you are? I don't care that he went for two. They were running the ball down their throat. Mike I actually, seems to think it was the correct decision, by the way. Well, I I kind of like it. Josh Jacobs was eating their lunch. Like yeah, they he's were awesome. So go for two, go for the win, the whole thing. Oh, you go for the win on the road. That's the old school thing. Like, yep. whatever. My bigger concern is so they get the ball back, they have the game on the line, and they call a pass play that somehow involves Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams colliding down the field and taking each other out of the play. 
Yeah, my biggest issue was third and one and fourth and one. I mean, third and one was a pass to Devontae Adams, and Devontae just couldn't stay in bounds. But, like, I, on third and one, I would have just run it with Josh Jacobs. The guy had, like, 160 yards. Give him the ball, get the first down, and give yourself a chance. All for that and agree. My bigger question is, like, Josh McDaniel's a genius, right? He was brought there to, to take that offense to the next level. I think level. people are making too much the of this. The season's on the line, and their two best receivers are tackling each other down the field. There, I, I also think that they were also rerouted a little bit by the defensive backs. Like, if you watch it, there's a lot of contact there. I'm not saying it's a penalty. I'm just saying contact. Uh, and I think that the defensive backs did a good job of rerouting the guys and disrupting the timing. So okay, normally, in a timing situation, when it's clean, those guys won't collide. But when the defensive backs are initiating contact and, and disrupting timing, which is their job, yep. it, it sometimes it, things like that happen. Like I don't, I don't necessarily believe that that's on McDaniel's. Like that's sometimes those things just happen, and it's not, it's not the. Co- At the end of the day, as Belichick said, the players go out and play. No, I know. I just, I'm a little down on my. I, I had really I think high McDaniels expectations. McDaniel's getting way too much heat. Like I, well, think, I had really high expectations. Like I thought Hunter Renfro was going to catch 150 passes. He, yeah, he has not oh, looked good on. in that offense. Like he was never going to catch that many passes. Not with Devontae Adams around. Devontae Adams is going to eat. Like that's. Well, and he hasn't really eaten over the first month. Like that's the I expected. 127 massive, yards yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. But through the first three games, he was sort of a shell of himself. And I know he's a new guy in a new place and he had all like that. Sixteen thing. receptions but, in week one. I don't think so because he had 17, I believe, through three games. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm 16 might have been an exaggeration, but he had like 12. He had in week one. Let's see here. Uh, well, he had nine against the Broncos. Let's see. Pull up Devontae Adams. Week one against the Chargers. 17 targets, 10 catches, 141 yards and a touchdown. Okay, what was the next week? Uh, then he had two catches for 12 yards on seven yep. targets, which won't happen again. 10 targets again, five catches for 36 and a touchdown. By both, by the way, that game before and the two catches also had a touchdown. Well, uh, he, then, he got to the end zone. I'm not going to dispute but then, that. I, but then the Denver game, again, 13 targets, nine catches. This game, seven targets, three catches, a buck 24. Like, I, and a couple big pass interference calls. Yeah, they are. And they are. So they're targeting him at, at a ridiculous rate. Are they completing a lot of the passes? No, but I think that's more on Derek Carr than it is. Josh McDaniels, like Josh McDaniels is dialing up plays for Devontae Adams. Derek Carr right now is has a passer completion rate, the lowest in his NFL career at 61%. This is a guy who averages like 68 plus and he's, he's completing passes at 61%. I see. I think some of that's the offense and I think some of that's Josh. And I'm a little surprised by that. Also, some of it is like I watched early last night and Mac Collins takes one off I don't even know what the hell his number is, but it hit literally number right between 10 the two or something. Yeah. Matt Collins off. is not that good. I don't know why he's on the field. Cause he had That's one game where he, he had that one game a couple weeks ago where he put up numbers and everybody's like, Oh, Matt Collins is, is he, he reminds yeah. me of he was in that Bolden. game that Devante had two catches. Yeah. He reminds me a little bit of Brandon Bolden. where like, is he a good athlete? Yes. He's a special teamer. Yes. It's like, funny. You bring up Brandon Bolden at the beginning of the season. Everybody's like, well, Brandon Bolden is going to get just as many like touches and targets as Josh Jacobs. No, like at the first couple of weeks, Brandon Bolden touched the ball a few times. The last three or four, Josh Jacobs has had a million touches. As like, he should. It, yeah, exactly. I agree. But like, that's the thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like McDaniels isn't shying away from re- trying to incorporate his best players as much as he physically can. And I think one and four. I, under, I understand that. I think a lot of that is on the defense. I think they need uh, to Chandler figure something out. Jones looked okay last night, but the fact that he didn't have a sack in the first five, four games um, is not good. No, especially I, opposite Max Crosby. So yeah. like he's alone. Who's dominant by the way. Yeah. He's dude awesome. can play. Yeah. He's but the, 
Talk about biggest, Matt Judon dominating. Max Crosby dominates. The biggest issue, though, is they have less linebackers than you have. And right. then their secondary, again, all, they don't they don't have anybody in the secondary either. They, they have, I don't even know. Do they have, like, Rock Yassin or something? I, like, I, so, again, I, I don't believe that this is all on Josh McDaniels. I don't think he's going to get canned anytime he's soon. Not. He's, he's going to last the entire season. He's going to get to start next season. I also think you're going to see some positive regression for this Raiders team and more so positive regression for Derek Carr. That 61% number is not going to stand. That's going to go up. He's going to get better Dev by, by association. Devante Renfro Waller will be better. And Josh Jacobs is going to continue to be awesome as long as he's healthy. Okay. I want to throw another name out there. Fired Matt rule by the oh, Carolina he's Panthers. A boob. Any chance Bill Belichick, who has spoken highly of rule oh, God, no, and, please. you know, did joint practices, blah, blah, blah. He like loves him because he was successful at Temple. And if you look, rule has a Belichickian background in which he's coached almost everything along the way, including the offensive line where the Patriots have a weird makeup because their offensive line coach is their play caller who could be spread too thin. Any yeah. chance that Belichick does the Greg Bielema and does the consultant whatever with matt rule for a little while i don't think so and i think it's more so not because belichick doesn't want to but because rule's going to get offered an opportunity at the college level that he's going to rather take so I, I agree with that i actually think because i saw immediately he gets fired you get those emails with like the odds for where he's going to be and yep. it's like nebraska colorado like all these these exactly. call, big college programs but i just wonder the timing of how all that works when he would um, get that job, what job he wants, just all of that. And do I think it's likely that he's going to end up as Bill Belichick's consultant? No. no. Is there a chance? Sure. But I agree with you. I don't think it's likely. Plus, I think Bill loves to tweak the NFL by doing that kind of crap. And, yeah. oh, you know, he's our new consultant. We actually pay him 17500 So because the Panthers continue to pay million him. from the Panthers. Yes. Um, okay, next <laughs> You mentioned it earlier. We don't need to discuss the play because he stinks. Nelson Aguilar cost Ugh. Bailey Zappi an interception. It's not the first time he's had a critical turnover. Uh, like Aguilar. Yeah, he doesn't make any plays. He left that game with a hamstring injury that I'm not yeah. even sure exists. My prediction for him is he's inactive this week with a hamstring, oh, I hope hamstring so. injury. Um, because I think Bill uses the hamstring injury so that you can't say he was a healthy scratch. And they yeah, as a way to put him in the doghouse without getting blamed. Right. So I, that that's my early prediction on Aguilar. But people have been talking up this idea that that Bourne is going to be the odd man out because Bourne talked a bit like talked back wow. to Bill. Um, Did you hear anybody, Bill talk about Bourne on the morning show? Yeah, he Glad said you brought that up. He said, "quote I love KB." And why did he do that? Uh, because he does. He wants to dispel this notion that he's in the doghouse, even though he may still be in the doghouse. So I think there's a couple ways you can look at that. One is, I mean, the obvious one, I guess. You can take a man at his word. He loves KB. Yep. The other one is, he's been in the doghouse. KB has said a lot of the right things for the last month plus about I just need to show the coaches what I need to do and I need to get my blah 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 and. He hasn't really seen the benefits. Like, he hasn't had a breakout game on the field, like 150 yards, two touchdowns. And that's Bill patting him on the back. Like, don't, you know, it's coming. Like, we appreciate the work kind of thing. The third option is, if he wants to trade him, he talks him up a little bit. And, you sure. know, he's not in the yep. doghouse. Like, no, I love him. He's he's a, he, Works harder he than anybody. Like, and one of our best playmakers and yep. blah, 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 blah. So 
that's my third option is Bill would consider trading him and is talking him up on the trade market a little bit there. So I think there's a chance that in my head, this was the opportunity. I heard that quote on Monday and my first thought was, Oh, if Aguilar is out and inactive against the Browns, it's a perfect time for Bourne. He had a good game against the Browns last year. It's the perfect time for him to come out and have his best game of the year. And this is that chance. And it may also be because Belichick is trying to wheel and deal him because he's trying to make room for Tyquan Thornton and keep him on the roster and and get him targets as well at some point this season. So I do th- think that that's a possibility, but I also I think more so than anything, it's to get Kendrick Bourne to have a good game against the Browns. Whether that's to be traded or just to help the team, I don't know yet. But I think it's I'm hoping and believing that Kendrick Bourne will get a much larger share of targets and snaps uh, come Sunday. You bring up Tyquan Thornton and the Patriots' first opportunity. They could activate him. They activate him. They get him on the field mm-hmm. against the Lions. And I know Fitzy's not here, but Fitzy big time down on on Thornton. He has taken shots about you know he's, he's bird made bones. out of glass. He's brittle. Yep. Blah. Clearly, the Patriots don't feel that way. The guy's coming off a broken collarbone, and the second right they could in. get him back on the field, they got him back on the field. So um, those fears that Fitzy has, Mister Positive Fanboy, those those negative thoughts that he's having about their second round pick. Clearly, the team do not have those. And finally, as we wrap up, Pat's Paris will make it NFL Paris to some Ooh, okay like that. Um, pass uh, uh, pass rushers, hits on the quarterback, unnecessary oh, roughness, roughing the passer. It's the topic du jour this week because Tom Brady was taken to the ground by Grady Jarrett and earned Chris the flag. Jones hit last night was just brutal. And Chris Jones. You know, they call it, they take away what is a fumble. A, one of the more, actually, one of the more remarkable physical plays you'll ever see where he did the strip sack. It never left the, he grabbed I've it. I've never seen a player get called for roughing the passer when the player making the sack has the football. Yep. So I am going to probably surprise you because I am a football oh, heart. No. Oh, no. Um, Don't do this. Now, I, I've just come to accept that quarterbacks are different. Like, I can fight back oh, and push Andy. against it. I've actually come to accept that, as Troy Vincent said, we're going to come to a point where the quarterback either wears a flag or a sensor, so like in fencing. Like, just the reality is those guys are the stars. They want them on the field. They, as much as we can, you know, have fun with a Bailey Zappy third string rookie story, they don't want those guys on the field. They want the superstar quarterbacks. And, Defensive linemen, coaches, everybody just needs to accept it. Now, there's also the added layer of the whole Tua thing that I do think is affecting this. Um, The overreaction. Yeah, overreaction to what went on with Tua and going the other way. But it's just, it's the reality. It's frustrating. I hate it. Like, I hate it. Oh, God, Andy, I can't stand it. But sometimes you just need to hate something and accept it. So I have accepted a lot of things. I've accepted that roughing the passer is simple enough when a defender's hand accidentally hits the helmet of a quarterback. I get that. Anytime you target the head of a quarterback, whether it's intentional or not flag, I've oh, accepted like this that. Week. Like, uh, um, was it Adrian Jared? Phillips on yes. uh, Jared Goff? He yep. barely tapped him, but his helmet hit his chin. You're yep. going to get that every time, every time. And I have accepted that. And I don't, I don't question or challenge that whatsoever, but when the quarterback has not released the football, and is in the process of getting sacked, and no uh, 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 hit has been made to the helmet of the quarterback, 
I, that's where I'm drawing the line. I can't, I can't stand it. I won't accept that. That is ridiculous. If you have the football, essentially you are a ball carrier. If you don't want the guys to get, it gets that early. If you want to be able to draw the flag, throw the football away. I don't care. But if you still have the football, you're allowed to be hit. That is kind of the name of the sport. And so for me, I will not accept it. I refuse to accept it. I will continue to be mad about it. You can accept it all you want. I won't. I'm still going to yell at Roger Goodell and Jerome Boger and all these boobs who are throwing flags on sacks. It's not a pass. It's not rough in the passer. It's a sack. Chris Jones even tried to brace himself. Not only did he strip the ball and take the ball before completing the sack, he then sacked the guy and attempted to brace himself not to put his full body weight on the quarterback. If you're asking the defensive lineman to do literally anything else, you're literally asking for them to pick him up and rock him like a baby. And I'm not, I'm not here for it. I'm done. I'm not doing it. Like if you want to, I, I would have even been okay with give him the strip sack, throw the flag, tack it on to Kansas city's possession of the ball after the fact, because it happened after he got possession of the football, but instead that, you're throwing a rough in the passer flag. I don't get it. I, it makes no sense to me, and I refuse to accept it. I will not. I won't allow see, it. The problem is you're fixating on the visual of that play. And yes, that play, you know, for example, I actually think because they ask the guys to try to roll off or not land yep. on them fully. Well, he was getting the ball like he couldn't focus on he rolling had off the football. He was acquiring the football. And so that play is, but it's a bigger picture topic than that play. Like, I'm actually more frustrated on the Brady one because I just, like, if you wrap a guy up, like, what am I supposed to do? Let go? Like, and I know yeah. Tom Brady's not going to roll out if, of it. If that's Josh Allen, he's going to roll out of it and make a play. Absolutely. So what am I supposed and to do? Not tackle Josh Allen? Little little thing that was lost on that one. Brady tried to kick Brady Jarrett after he threw him to the turf. Go back and watch yeah. the replay. Little sulky McSulk Sulk Dink, who's done this many times over the years. So he slides and tries to kick the defender and then asks for a flag. Um, so Brady was... I think Brady was actually more in the wrong on that play than Grady Jarrett was, and yet Jarrett gets the the penalty on him. I hate. Oh God, I can't stand it. It makes it makes me physically ill to but to see those. The the funny thing is, it's universal. Like I've not heard anybody. I've heard offensive linemen, defensive linemen, coaches. Well, so um, I think Chris Jones had a really good. To his credit. Didn't overreact post game, right? He was right. very level headed when he talked about it. Credit his team won, so that probably helped. If they Easier. lost, he might have been different, but. He outright said, he's like, look, all we need to do is just make it reviewable. Make everything reviewable, as Bill Belichick has said on multiple occasions. Yep. Just make everything reviewable because I think in real time, the refs might not have seen that. But you go up and review that, and that it might have been a whole different thing. Yeah, it might have been like uh, an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after the strip, but we would have gotten the strip, and I'm fine with that. Like, hell, that's fine. And like, if you're going to throw flags on these things – aren't you almost in a way incentivizing defensive players to be more aggressive? Because knowing I'm going to get a flag, I might as well get a good lick in then. Well, that's my theory, but I don't but, think. Like, right. But like, that. uh, that's, I think, I, I think there's a lot of players that probably think like that. Like, well, if I'm going to get a flag for hitting the quarterback, I may, I, I might as well make it worth it. And you're going to see guys start to get picked up and pile driven into the ground. It, like, like that Jimmy Garoppolo hit that might separate a shoulder or two. And that's going to be worse than what you're doing right now. It's sad. It is sad, but the game is changing, and we talked about it weeks ago. I'm all worked up now. I, I, I was, I've never been a more alarmed by a comment 
from an executive of a league than when Troy Vincent was asked about how he envisions the future of football. And he says flag football like uh, that so alarm because it's one thing for somebody outside the game to say that. But for an ex player who is now a get him v- out, fire him. V- I don't want like, him here anymore. I agree. I agree. But guess what? Ratings are up. We're all still watching. We bitch and moan about it. You Except go to Twitter and you, you say ratings are up, but. Just, just for reference, the Patriots happen to be the one of the seven markets in the NFL that aren't up. Well, I mean, because we're coming off knowing what great football looks like, you know, and we're not it, great football anymore. This is probably a bad comparison, but you know how everybody says no one watches the MLS because they want to watch good soccer. They watch the Premier League yep. like we watched the Premier League of football for 20 years and now we're watching MLS version. Right. So they like, go and watch Red Zone or they go and watch Josh Allen. Yes. You want to see greatness. It, sorry. It's not Bailey Zappi to Jacoby Myers. It isn't. And, and, and like, I don't mean to be I'm personal not- and offensive, but that's Brady to Gronk. Greatness. Two goats playing in your yard. Yep. Zappi to Myers. Yeah. Two likable to guys. Devontae Parker. Right. Like two likable guys, but it's not greatness. I used to watch greatness. So um, yep. that's an interesting ending to what was a generally positive six rings podcast. Good job that by us. Pat's Paris segment where we bounced around to a lot of topics. Unfortunately, the last one is one that is a, uh, a painful one. Cause the game is a changing Chris won't accept it. I being the open-minded guy that I am and not stubborn in any way have accepted it sure and my that. inability to change it. Uh, he's Chris Scheim. I'm Andy Hart. This is the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. We will be back later in the week for a game preview. Patriots at Browns. The last two quarterbacks to start as rookie mid-round picks for the Patriots and win their debuts in shutout fashion will go head-to-head in Cleveland on Sunday. Jacoby Brissett. Well, I guess I'm presuming that, but Bailey Zappi, Jacoby Brissett, that's my expectation. Yeah, but we'll preview the game late in the week. We'll have a chat with one of the beat members of the Patriots press corps. We'll have a chat with somebody from Cleveland to preview the Brown side of things as they work through uh, life without Deshaun Watson for a little while longer. Download Six Rings and Football Things each and every week, three times a week. We are there for you. Download the Odyssey app subscribe, rate us, tell a friend. We're trying to grow the community. So send us emails, sixringspod at gmail.com. Interact with us on Twitter. And you can now watch this and all episodes, I believe, on YouTube. So you get to see that I have my bright running sweatshirt on so I don't get hit by cars. And Shine, being the company man that he is, has his W-E-E-I trucker cap. So watch us, listen to us, love us, hate us. Fitzy will be back later in the week. Another six rings and football things in the books. See ya. See ya.